This is the 18th episode of the Saints Edified Podcast. I'm your host Arturo and thank you once again for tuning in. I hope our last discussion was beneficial to you with Nick Dirks from the uh, Arcs of Bull Rushes Ministry. It's a pro-life ministry based here in Bakersfield, California. This time around, I, I have two special guests and they are also part of this ministry, but they're also uh, personal friends. I've known them for a few years now. That's Ben and Amory Salazar. I met them a few years ago in Santa Monica when I was with a buddy, um, just walking down the uh, Third Street Promenade, and and uh, and you know we happen to see a few people out there evangelizing, and uh, you know there was a an overhead projector and some flyers and um, some tracks and everything, and and my friend had actually introduced me to Ben and Amory's at the time. This was years ago. I mean, we're looking at maybe maybe even ten years ago. And, um, and about maybe uh, five years ago, we reconnected uh, here in Bakersfield, California. So uh, since then, we have actually uh, grown in our friendship and it's, just been, and it's just been such a privilege to be their friends um, since then. And now we, uh, we partner together in this pro-life ministry. And it's a special thanks to my wife for taking care of my boys and also uh, Jeremiah, which is their precious boy as well. You know, made it made the interview that much more easier uh, to do. So, so I really appreciate that. Well, um, I don't want to take too much of your time. I want to go ahead and have you guys listen to this uh, discussion. As I mentioned plenty of times before, I've been blessed to have really good friends that point me to the Lord and that have a lot of wisdom and knowledge in various aspects of life and ministry and theology. And I just can't wait to uh, to use this platform to share with you guys those things. So Ben and Amory's, they're one of those people that have just blessed me tremendously over the years. So I just can't wait to have you guys listen to this discussion. Once again, find Arcs of Rushes on Facebook. There will be a link in the podcast description. Um, you could also go to Saints Edified. And as you'll find out in this discussion, uh, Ben actually is a new author for Saints Edified. And he's like a gifted brother when it comes to writing and, and, um, and explaining things so 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 in my opinion he's going to be a, a huge contributor to saints edified on the web so all right so i'm gonna go ahead and start this for you guys enjoy all right ben and Maurice, thank you for joining me on the saints edified podcast it's been a privilege to serve with you guys with the uh, pro-life ministry which we'll talk about uh, in this episode well first before we go any further i kind of want people to know you a little more um ben I, i'm and Amaris, I met you guys at Santa Monica, which Amaris doesn't really remember, but I met you guys. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you guys saw me again years later, you guys didn't remember me. That's okay. No, uh, it, Sorry, it, there's like a million Hispanics. No, no, but it, uh, but it was kind of cool how we, we, we kind of reconnected years later. And now we partner together in this ministry. Um, and I try to go out with you guys as much as I can on Saturdays that I don't work. And it's just been a huge blessing. Likewise. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, it's a, I, I really thank God for you guys. You guys have been a huge uh, impact in my life, and especially the boldness I see out, that, out there that you guys have. It's, it's been encouraging. So uh, first of all, I want to know a little bit of your, about your background. And thinking about it, maybe I never really asked about your guys' uh, testimony. Hmm. I don't know if I have or not, but uh, this will be a good time to share that, you know. So uh, how did God save you? Well, first of all, uh, thanks for phrasing it that way. Instead of saying, uh, when do you... Uh, accept Jesus into your heart and said, how did God save you? I don't have a dramatic experience. You know, I don't have an, uh, an account of I was a drug addict and then the Lord saved me. Uh, but I would say that I was saved in a Baptist church in El Salvador, uh, listening to a very 
simple presentation of the gospel uh, when I was probably in my teenage years is what I would say. That's when the Lord convicted me of my sin, convicted me of my need of a Savior. How old were you? I was, I want to say 13, 13. Oh, man. Okay, so we, we have about the same time frame then. Uh, that's mm-hmm. when God saved me as well, around the same oh. age. So what about you, Amherst? Um, Well, I grew up in... Um, quote-unquote, the church. I went to a private Christian school, and I felt like that gave me somewhat of a a bubble (laughs) of Christianity where I didn't really um, take it too seriously for many years of my life. Um, But around the age of maybe 14 or 15, I read the book Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper, (laughs) and it really gave me a, a really strong grasp of what the cross did for me Whereas being some distant, um, abstract ideology, it, it became more personal. Yeah. And um, I feel like everything just happened really fast. Like I started <laughs> learning about Calvinism and that really encouraged my walk a lot. I don't really have like a, either a crazy dramatic testimony, <laughs> just kind of yeah. I read a book and <laughs> God used that. Nice. All right. So, um, and now you guys are married. How long have you guys been married now? Uh, almost six years this October, and we also have a two and a half year old son, Jeremiah. Nice. Yes. Jeremiah, I love that name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly takes after the weeping prophet. Sure. <laughs> no, he was gonna name. Uh, I, was gonna, I was gonna. I was gonna name Eli. Uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah David. Yes. Wait, we were we... gonna name him. <laughs> David Jeremiah, you guys were going to name Malachi Jeremiah David. Oh, that, that's what it was. That's yeah, that's what like, it was. That yeah. was going to yeah. be a disaster. Yeah, okay. <laughs> In the making. Yeah, no, so that's, that's great. But, uh, your own baby name. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think I was messing with Adam Reese a little bit too. I know. I was like, you know I'm going to still name him Jeremiah. <laughs> I was like, no, no one has ditch on the name. Anyone can name Yeah, it's, it is fun. It's, yeah. I think it's funny. But um, no, that's great. So I've always appreciated you guys. Uh, uh, you, you guys definitely offer a lot to the body of Christ and um, and in your friendship as well. So one thing that we're going to talk about in this episode is really just the whole pro-life movement, right? When I reconnected with you guys, I think it was you, I'm Maurice Kamberhu, but you guys brought up to me were like, hey, like, is there like a pro-life ministry? Mm-hmm. And I had no answer. I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anyone actually that was doing pro-life ministry. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, now you guys help run this ministry. Yeah, so one of the elders, such. John Bryant, mm-hmm. he got us, I, I think we asked him if there was any pro-life ministry in Bakersfield and he said well I know he said I know Nick used to go out to the abortion mill so he got us in contact mm, and then we all yeah. like we got together one evening and had this idea to start something you know because we it was all in our hearts mm, yeah. during that time and Tiffany too Tiffany and David Ruiz too were there from what I understand is that Emery's like you have a lot of experience from different extremes I guess yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what I want to talk about because, you know, like, I, I personally, I just don't know many people with that experience. I, I don't. And uh, so it's going to be a privilege to ask you these questions. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, I know. It's it's, um, it's a blessing. And, and I'm sure you, because of your experience, God has given you a lot of wisdom in this area. So um, let's talk about your experience. So mm-hmm. what, what are things that you've learned in your past about pro-life ministry, just in general? Okay. Well, I started... 2009, I attended, oh, I was at church, and I saw, like, a, a Christian newspaper, I forgot what it's called, but I had already been going to the abortion mill since I was, like, 15 years old um, with my mom and a few other friends, and actually, uh, I helped start a little pro-life club at my 
school, which uh, we would go maybe like once every week to the Portionville at back on uh, Downey. That was pretty cool. But anyways, um, so that's where I first started. Um, I actually first went to the Portionville when I was in sixth grade. I went twice. Uh, I was out there with another friend and my mom in sixth grade, and I actually stopped going after two, I think it was like two or three times because there were some pro-choice feminists out there. Oh, wow. And I had my sign. I was only like 11 years old, 10 or 11. And they came up to me and my friends and my mom and were like, that looks like a meatball. That's not a baby. And they oh. were screaming at us. And it was just really This chaotic. was 2009, you said? No, this was when I was in sixth grade. Oh, wow. Oh, man. So, so. Um, I don't know. God had put in, in my heart at a very young age that to be out there um i remember the first encounter with abortion i was actually in third grade we had a missions conference and there was a booth with um a pro-life booth and i wasn't supposed to but i grabbed a pamphlet <laughs> and i was like what is abortion i didn't know what abortion was and there were really graphic pictures oh. on there and i was like what is this like it really you know being at such a young age it really made me um, I feel more sensitive to it mm. than because I was still innocent, you know, and didn't know yeah. what any of this was. And yeah, going back to that. So I stopped in sixth grade for a little bit. And then I resumed when I was like 15 or 16. And uh, at first it was just me and my mom or me and my dad would go out. I think like a year or two later, I found out about survivors. The full name is Survivors of the Abortion Holocaust. It's a youth boot camp for two weeks where they train you um, in the pro-life movement, like how to make arguments. They teach you how to do activism, how to do it. Like, because these are kids that come from all over the United States, mm-hmm. and we meet in, um, I think it's a little bit more a Modesto, I think it is, and we stay there for two weeks. We sleep like we sleep there, <laughs> so it's legit. And for the first week, it's just training um, seminars, and we have speakers from different pro-life movements. Like we've had Troy Newman from Operation Rescue has come and talk with us. Um, the Center for Biological Reform, abortionno.org, one of their people came and spoke to us. And so, and then the second week is just activism. We've gone like very interesting places. <laughs> We've been to Venice Beach, Laguna Beach. We actually protested <laughs> in front of an um, abortionist house in Hollywood. Oh, wow. I think it was Josepha Selects, I think it was. Mm. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, we protested at uh, universities like UCI and some other colleges. Um, we even not really protested. We, well, it was protesting at a church, local church that wasn't doing anything about, Mm, uh, we were calling them out basically, (laughs) but not in a, not in like Westboro Baptist type of way. We were passing out flyers in front of the church and we did have signs. Right, right. We did a lot of abortion mills. Uh, That was really neat. We um, got to talk with some abortion workers and... Yeah, we did a lot. So, yeah, wow. But yeah, I did that for two years. You, yeah. Earlier, you said something about when you when you were young, you uh, you saw some graphic photos, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I want to ask you about. Personally, just to be honest with you guys, I've always been kind of mixed. You know, there's some photos I think are necessary mm-hmm. that people might consider graphic. Other ones are just like, okay, it's going a little 
like now now you're scaring people off like now that now they won't even talk to you because mm. you know it's just so graphic you know with your experience um in youtube and um mm. do you guys think that graphic signs are are useful oh uh, i think it's extremely useful i know okay. it's a it's a very controversial topic mm. um and i understand the other side as well i don't want to be insensitive or numb to their feelings and their arguments because it is true like if i you know i am a mom and it's hard for them to see uh, at such a young age a baby being delimbed and yeah. that's not something pleasant and i totally understand but uh, on the other case i can only speak from my experience mm-hmm. and my experience is that it changed me and it really gave me a, an understanding of what's really going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys know about the story of Emmett Till. Okay. I don't, I don't know. He was, um, was it in the, I don't know too much about it. So <laughs> just okay. take my word, the story yeah. with it yourself. But um, I think it was back in the forties. Um, he was murdered by uh, two racist white men. He was black for whistling at a white woman. Oh, okay. okay. And um, his mom decided to uh, during his memorial to have the the casket open so they could see what slavery or not sorry (laughs) what racism does and so it went all over the world these pictures and it really struck people in a different way because people hadn't really seen the effects Mm -hmm. of hate you know Mm -hmm. so these pictures really got the word going about how racism wow. is still happening in the United States and mm-hmm. how deep it runs. So I've um, heard about that story. I just didn't hear that last part. I never, I never. Oh heard really? That. That's that's really that's yeah, neat. Wow. I mean, that that's why he's he's known. Yeah. yeah. Pe- people didn't care about him until she released his oh, pictures. Right. Okay. So it's kind of the same thing with the Holocaust too. People mm-hmm. were right. didn't know like what was going on until the pictures were released and like. Uh, pictures like this the cliche goes say a thousand words so yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it is very important to have graphic signs yeah and and arturo if i can be perhaps a little bit even more polemic in my response on that mm-hmm. uh, i have a quote here from an article on the first things website uh, by philip jeffrey and it says quote the left did not gain the cultural upper hand by incrementalism and i'm kind of jumping mm-hmm. Uh, the gun here we're going to talk about that later but you'll see i hope that the point i'm trying to make here i continue reading the quote the sexual revolution that gave us the current abortion regime did not come about by baby steps cultural battles are won with bold claims and striking images Mm -hmm. the left has been winning the culture especially on issues of abortion sex and gender by offering materially comfortable middle and upper class americans the chance to imitate martin luther king jr Rosa Parks, and Malcolm X. Abortion thus becomes a great and noble cause. This strategy works because many Americans, especially young men, feel that their lives are unmoored, banal, and hemmed in by forces beyond their control. They have an itch for moral heroism. The pro-life movement needs to take a clear stand. Vigorous action and bold lawmaking does not mean giving up on caring about mothers and children alike. I'm, I'm kind of digressing there, but my point was you have the sector of society that pushes abortion as as their agenda. They make no qualms about using any kinds of means, even using symbols of society of history, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., to present their case. Why should we, who are trying to stand for the unborn, 
shy away from using the very things that bring about awareness of these things. Just like Emmett Till, why should we not tell people what is going on? Because a lot of times people might have a misunderstanding about what abortion is. Some people might think uh, that there is no suffering involved, that there is no mutilation going on, that there is no actual dismemberment going on. Uh, and once they see those pictures, then they can be jolted into reality. Maybe not at that point, maybe later on, maybe that's something that is used by God to open their eyes mm. to what is going on later on in their lives. But we have been desensitized to desensitized such a degree by mm. social media, by movies, by things that otherwise we have no problem watching, that it becomes a little hypocritical when there's an objection raised to images of what is actually going on. Mm. Okay, yeah, no, good, yeah. good points. Oh, and um, like I said, I can only speak from my experience, but um, I've heard countless times, usually when we encounter someone that has changed their mind about abortion, especially at the abortion mill, they'll say, they'll tell me, I didn't know that it, it was this. They'll refer to the pictures. Oh, I didn't God. know it was like this. And so I know they're effective. Mm. Of course, it's only the gospel that changes hearts ultimately. Right, right. But these are just extra tools that can yeah. kind of at least get them to talk with us and show them, mm -hmm. hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen if you go through this. You know. So. Yeah. And also, as far as uh, one last point on, the, on this, uh, when it comes to our children, a lot of people might object to using graphic science and say, it's wrong to show children these kinds of pictures. However, I would rather my son hear from me what is going on That's to true. expose him to reality in a way that I can at least uh, educate him and not have someone else educate him or misinform him about what's going on. And I, I think it's very important for children to be aware this is what's happening to other children. Right, because right. it's in the proper context, too. They're learning with two loving parents and you know, mm -hmm. who can explain to them what it is. Yeah, you guys made some good points. A couple of years ago, memories, um, uh, you know, we were discussing whether or not, like, okay, like, you know, how far should we take this, make an abortion illegal? Should doctors be, uh, abortion doctors be criminalized? Yeah, criminalized and, and, and should the mothers also, and, and I, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, the mothers probably don't know, but they're being told it's not a human. And maybe the doctors also don't know. They probably see it as just a couple of cells, not, not human life. And quickly, you know, you just shot back at that. Like, mm -hmm. no, actually, look this up. And I did. And I'm like, oh, wow, these guys actually do know. It was one of those moments where, like, I realized, okay, I don't know much. I don't know much at all about this ministry or about abortion or laws or any of that. It really caused me to dive, to dive in deeper. Let's say it does become illegal. Mm -hmm. Should the doctors who aborted babies before that point be thrown in jail or, or criminalized? Actions they've done in the past? Yeah. No, because I don't believe in retroactive laws. Okay. But my idea was, would be once the law is active, anything from that moment on, yeah. I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. The women who want abortions because it's an inconvenience for them, mm -hmm. they, they're going to bring up excuses like, oh, I can't afford it or I need to finish my school or whatever, mm -hmm. but if they get caught in the act, so to speak, should they also be punished or criminalized? I would apply the same law that's applied for newborns and have that the same for unborn babies because yeah. the only difference between a newborn and an unborn baby is uh, location. Mm -hmm. So if, mm -hmm. if the baby is, if we can prove 
that the baby's a human, which is very easy to prove, mm-hmm. then they are uh, have the same rights as you and me. I, I agree with with my wife on uh, retroactive loss. So so we was I agree on that point. But from the moment of abolition forward, the same standards to any other murder must apply. What are some of the elements you see in any any kind of murder? You you have the actors of the crime, you have aiders and abettors, you have accessories before, during, and after the fact. All of these have some kind of prosecution uh, mm-hmm. charge to them. Why, if if you make a distinction between those be those elements uh, being carried forward in any other kind of murder and not for babies, mm-hmm. the implications are far more profound because what you are in in essence saying is the unborn are not as valuable as those that are outside of the womb Mm -hmm. and uh, those people usually or generally have no problem with uh, aiders and abettors and accessories before during after fact and actors being prosecuted for children for babies there's actually a lot of outrage when there's a little baby's murder when a little child is tortured Mm -hmm. and people usually cry out for justice in that in that case because they are helpless which i think is even more deserving of prosecution because these are not only humans but they're vulnerable helpless humans right so in reality if you make that dichotomy that that really biologically all that distinguishes them is is their size and level of development Mm. you are denying that all life is to be equally protected under the law okay all right that's 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 a good good way to put it so i I guess listen to that uh q a with ben shapiro uh when someone asked him that question and he pretty much says that the woman is the victim so why should we punish the victim of course each case is different at the end of the day, the, the end product is the same. A, a life was taken right. violently. Uh, however, when you call women victims, first of all, perhaps Ben Shapiro needs to spend more time on social media or out there in the abortion mills right. when you actually, and we have been at the abortion mills when no matter how much you try to argue with someone biologically, scientifically, this is a baby, this is a human being, this is a human right. person. We give them absolutely no excuse. I, I, I just like, we offer them help. I mean, maybe I understand we're strangers, but there's absolutely no reason. I feel, you know, if, if you need somewhere to stay, mm-hmm. there's places. I'm sorry I interrupted no. you, but no, no, um, victims, I understand. There's, I, okay. I, I, okay. Sympath- just, I don't want to be unsympathetic. Well, just to clarify, though, oh, yeah. I think what you meant by victim, because now I'm, I'm remembering that video. Okay. Mm-hmm. Victim, as far as, like, being, uh, like, duped to believe that it's not human. Oh. And also, like, you know, kind of just being pre- pressured by, uh, by uh, mm-hmm. society and mm-hmm. their parents. Like a victim in that way, you know. So oh. it still applies. To everything you guys are saying it still applies. It just okay. um, it's just a little like odd. Like a brainwash, like they're brainwashed. Pretty much, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I totally it's agree. It's like ignorance. They get abortion, thinking it's okay. But, I mean, I, right now, there's we. That's why education and activism is so important mm-hmm. because we do need to and pictures. We do need to let people know what is going on okay. because it is right, a yeah. hidden holocaust in some manner. Because not a lot of people know. What they just assume it's a um, a blob of tissue. We we don't want to, as my wife said, we don't want to be unsympathetic to difficult situations that women are under, people are under, etc. But I, I believe you used to. Uh, I, I'm. I believe I heard you say the word that some people 
are ignorant, right? Or, yes, or they're duped yes. to such a degree that they might be ignorant, ignorant of what abortion really is. Yes. Whether yes. it's sold as uh, women care, women health care, whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. Would that apply to any other action that is deemed a crime in the society? Mm-hmm. Could a, a group get together and convince someone or dupe someone or brainwash someone, someone to such a degree that they would think that killing uh, a fully grown man or a child is justifiable to some degree, depending on your circumstances. That's not going to fly in court. You no. can't be your honor. I was not aware of the law. Ignorance is not a defense. And so if we're going to start compromising on something like this, that yeah. although it has a lot of emotional baggage and a lot of things that are that are valid concerns that we should address, then we need to start doing that for other crimes as well and right. start peeling away the stigmas that rightfully have been attributed to things like stealing, to things like murder, to things right. like adultery, things like that. And we already see a lot of those things crumbling down in our society. And this is just a simple. And also too, so about that, um, now at one point I thought that doctors were ignorant of, of this, right? Mm-hmm. I, I thought they were, I thought they were, on, I, it's crazy. For me. I can't, now I look back and I'm like, oh, why did I even think that? And I, get, <laughs> I get on the benefit of the doubt, like nothing, you know? Um, until I'm re- uh, challenging me on it. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, you know, and I remember looking up a couple of videos. Obviously, there's those extreme videos where the doctor's like, looks like he's possessed and he's like, oh, get angry yeah. with the, uh, the protesters. Right. Is there a way to demonstrate that, you know, doctors actually do know what they're doing? They, they do know it's a human life? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I have two quotes here, if I, if I may yeah. uh, cite them. One is from March of 2017 from the American College of uh, Pediatricians. This is not an abortion, poisonous quote. Right. No, okay. it's, it's, it's not an abortionist. However, it is an authority that regulates the practice of medicine. Right. Okay. Um, and especially if abortionists want to consider themselves doctors. Okay. So right. they, they would fall under that category. Like, right. Of, you know, so so it, it, this, it's, it's an article in, on their website called When Human Life Begins. And it says the following, quote, the predominance of human biological research confirms that human life begins at conception, fertilization. At fertilization, the human being emerges as a whole, genetically distinct, individuated, psychotic, living human organism, a member of the species Homo sapiens, needing only the proper environment in order to grow and develop. The difference between the individual in its adult stage and in its psychotic stage is one of form, not nature. This statement focuses on the scientific when an individual human life begins, end quote. Uh, that's from the, uh, again, the American College of Pediatricians. To be fair, they do go on to say, to prove that life begins at conception, that humanity begins at conception, is not the same to say that personhood begins at conception. So they do have this weird yeah. dichotomy there. But there's another quote. And this is from Dr. Maureen Kondik, not a, an abortionist, but this is from the Charlotte Lozier Institute. In an article dated June 11, 2014, he says, quote, The conclusion that human life begins at sperm-egg fusion is uncontested objective based on the universally accepted scientific method of distinguishing different cell types from each other and on ample scientific evidence 
thousands of independent peer-reviewed publications. Moreover, it is entirely independent of any specific ethical, moral, political, or religious view of human life or of human embryos. I was reminded a bit by uh, what Nick said. You know, he said that science is it's on the pro-life side, you know, without oh, yeah. a doubt. Absolutely. And, and some people might hear that and laugh, like, really? You're going to say that, really? And, but then look at this. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That, that, that's just, uh, it, it blows my mind still, man, to think that you can know that it's a human life and just end it for a paycheck, basically, you know? And right. So, yeah, so. I've had some interesting quotes. I've seen quotes from abortionists yeah. admitting that, it is a baby. I think yeah. I sent them to you. A you did, yeah. Time. I yeah, can't yeah. find them. No, no, no. You sent it to me. Uh, but yeah, that's crazy. Oh. It, it, and they're out there. You just maybe there's a way. Can you attach links? I can. To? Yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, can. I'm gonna try to find yeah. the. Quotes. Actually, uh, Ben is he's now an author on Saint Certified. Oh, so okay. Good, uh... Maybe we can provide some resource, <laughs> like a resource yeah. page. Author to I... be. Yeah, we can. Okay, because I'm I'm so yeah. mad I can't find them. That actually might be a good idea, so, like for it, your. First articles. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like a supplement too. Yeah. Okay. You know, the, the this issue of abortion is not a new thing, obviously. It, it's it's been with us from from the beginning of time you have homicide, you have Cain and Abel, but yeah, abortion has been with us unfortunately since since the fall, really. That mm-hmm. that potential in humans have been has been there. Uh, but we have not only scripture, for example, Exodus twenty thirteen telling us thou shalt not murder. Uh, but we also have Revelation 22:15, where God warns that the hands of shedding us in blood, murderers will be uh, outside of God's kingdom. The ancient Didache, written around 96 AD, says, Thou shalt not procure abortion nor commit infanticide. 96 AD. Wow. Uh, so even outside of scripture, you see this affirmed. Uh, but... If scientifically babies are human and you can't arbitrarily deny personhood to them, and if you can't just kill your one-year-old because you can't feed him or because, I don't know, he or she gets in the way of your dreams or your uh, perceived potential or aspiration, then a scientific case has been made for the equal protection of all human life. And so we, we see the harmony of God's uh, special revelation in scripture and his general revelation in creation, both of them attesting without a shadow of a doubt. And even those in the pro-choice camp cannot deny, cannot run away from the concept of humanity, mm. but they have to remove personhood from them. And especially, why is that important in the United States particularly? Because that's how you can do away with them because of the inalienable rights that are given to persons that's where they found their haven the refuge to say but these are not persons therefore they are not entitled to their inalienable rights therefore although we can make profit of their parts as human (laughs) quasi-humans we deny them the rank of persons yeah wow yeah man so okay so what do you guys think about the pro-life ministry or movement today? Well, friends, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please stay tuned. Every Tuesday and Thursday, a new episode is uploaded to the Saints Edified podcast. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I will be posting full-length videos of these discussions, uh, the audio clips at least, along with some other material that I believe you'll find beneficial. Please look at the podcast description to find relevant links and helpful material that we discussed during this interview. 
You may also visit www.saintsedified.com or even our Facebook page for other resources. And if you want to help out the Saints Edified ministry, um, as you guys know, there's no ads or any way to really um, get paid for doing this podcast. However, I would like to improve. I would like to improve the quality and and uh, and do things um, at a faster pace for uh, for you guys. So uh, if you guys want to hop out in that area, please visit www.patreon.com slash saints edified. And right there, you can be a monthly uh, contributor or even give a uh, one-time donation. It's up to you. Anything how anything is helpful and it's mu- and it's very much appreciated. But if you can't do that, please keep me in prayer. And uh, and you can also show support by going to our Facebook page and sharing our content, and giving us a uh, a positive rating on iTunes or any other platform you may be using to listen to this podcast. Well, friends, until next time, Sola de Gloria.